Welcome back. You're watching Stock Picks. Today we unpack Zida Bitvest and Paolo World with Sean Dendele from Tribe Investment South Africa. Sean, thank you for joining us today and hello to you. Hello to you too. Thank you for having me. All right, Sean, it's Zida, it's Paolo World as well as Bitvest. Why have you gone with these counters today? All right, so the reason I've chose this counters is off the back of the performance of uh, the industrial index, actually. Mm -hmm. So the industrial index year to date has been up about 18.25%. And the real drive on that is really on transportation, so logistics and the like, and consumer services. That's really, you know, pushing up that um, value of that index. So from that perspective, I thought it would be just interesting to, you know, to pick a couple of stocks there, uh, small cap, big cap, big cap mid cap, uh, just to explore, um, you know, the the stocks that I've chosen based on that that index. Fantastic. Let's start with uh, a small cap Zida uh, that is, of course, uh, just uh, sprung off a baller world. Uh, let's talk about this counter, uh, Sean, and what you're seeing uh, in terms of the model and also the performance of the share. All right, cool. So I think I found Zeta very interesting. Uh, you did mention Barlow World, so it was mm. under Barlow World, and then they basically got unbundled. And I think I was just really interested in the company structure and their vision. So they're basically, you know, operating in the car rental sector and primarily being Avis. I think Avis is well known. So Zeta only just, I think, listed uh, sometime last year. So we don't have a lot of previous results on that. But just looking at how it's, how it's been performing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really been performing quite well. Um, if we're looking at the past couple of weeks, um, the share price has actually been up by almost 15%. If you're looking at its P-E ratio, you're looking at a 3.4x. And, you know, for the transportation business, right, generally international, a good P-E ratio or an average P-E ratio around there is around that 17 mark. So it is quite undervalued. And purely because, um, you know, it's new, people are still getting a feel for it. It is quite a small cap at this stage. And going forward, I see with SA Tourism, you know, booming um, when it comes to post-COVID levels. It's actually currently uh, your tourism levels are at 23% pre-COVID levels. So there's a lot of room for growth there. It's just unfortunate that I'm having this conversation while there is a taxi strike in Cape yeah, Town, yeah. which may potentially affect that tourism sector. But I do think that, you know, there is a lot of potential there. So... I mean, even from their balance sheet um, with the interim results, they had um, net, they actually recorded a profit of about 800 million rand, and that's quite that's quite good, you know, for someone that has really just separated from a from a group company, decided to you know go on their own, which bodes well for you know their management team and their strategies going ahead. I'm also keen to get your thoughts here. So one of the big things happening at Zida is, uh, you know, they're banking on the usership model of a car ownership changing. And so that, you know, young people would not be keen to own cars anymore, that they would see a longer term leases, uh, that young people would even be more keen to have a driver before driving themselves. I'm wondering uh, from your perspective, uh, you know, Sean, of course, with uh, us and a certain age group, we still believe in buying our cars and owning it and maybe even paying it off. But that is actually changing. Yeah, you know, I'm going to veer off and just speak to mm. uh, two different companies mm. that mm. Um, 
will help me provide some empirical evidence on what you're saying. So if we're looking at what has happened with transactional capital earlier this year, with that model, we buy cars, you see that, you know, you see that they're actually really struggling. The second-hand market is really, really suffering. So imagine if you, we buy cars, you take in a car, and within a month, if that car's not been offloaded, they are losing cash from that perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, cars do depreciate. So the leasing model is really cool because then you can rotate your cars around the group. So you're actually ga- gaining more value in that the usage of that car before you offload it. So that's I think that's a really, really good model, especially with, you know, your interest rates. So, I mean, it'll be expensive to buy cars now, mm-hmm. especially right now with the financial markets that we're going through of an economic um the economic situation we're really in from a local and global perspective so i think that leasing thing that leasing idea is a nice way for them to gain market share outside of you know their rental business through avis Let's move on now then speak about Balawal because that's the company that, uh, you know, uh, Zida, uh, you know, stems from. And of course, Balawal is a company that has proven to be resilient. I think uh, their last set of numbers was actually uh, reasonably, reasonably strong. Um, and I'm just keen to find out from you, of course, part of the Zida offload was them streamlining their portfolio. So let's also talk about that and how that's abode for them. But also, they're still in Russia. It's a very interesting part of Balawal's business. Now, 100%. They are still in Russia. I think they have been trying to get out of Russia and it's proving tougher than anyone anticipated. And then with Bollywood, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting one, right? It's a stock that I would really hold for the long term, because historically it is quite a big company that has got, you know, different uh, places in different markets, right? So just off the back of Zeta, so Barlowold, I think, actually suffered a loss sometime last year, and they're actually only turning a profit uh, based on their interim results this year. And that just goes to how they're streamlining their business, right? So they've kind of, they've kind of taken away businesses that, you know, are not no, no longer in their core from their perspective and really focusing on what they're good at, right? So... We'll, and even f- further to that, they've also had a secondary listing on the A2X. So you can see that there's a lot of potential. There's going to be a lot more liquidity. There's going to be a lot more cash coming in uh, f- for Barlowald. And through the streamlining, if you look at all you know, these industrial stocks, right, their revenues, yes, they're increasing, but generally have been flat. But you notice that what's actually really increasing is their bottom line being their net profit and the like, showing that, you know, the measures they're putting in to be more efficient actually boding well, especially in, you know, in the economic environment that we are operating in. And then secondly, if I would take it a bit further, uh, companies like Barlowald and Bidfest, actually, if we look at, you know, the struggles that Transnet is actually having uh, in terms of logistics and the like, there's also a lot of opportunity there up until at least Transnet sorts um, everything out, because I think a lot of things are going to be on road. A lot of things are going to be used by different porting systems, which will really bode well for some of these companies. So that's, I mean, that's why I went, I really went mm-hmm. with uh, Barlowald on their front. 
What is interesting about Bottle Worlds, and I think it's uh, the genius of their model, is not only would you get the equipment uh, for from them, uh, you know, if you look at Bottle World equipment, Sean, but then you would also get the after the after part sales uh, there for uh, the, the parts that uh, uh, might come through uh, if it breaks, if something breaks down. And I think it's an interesting way for them to ensure that customers uh, come to them, but also stick around. Um, let's just talk about yes. that, you know, uh, just being able to uh, be smart with, uh, you know, uh, your revenue line like that. Exactly. I like the word that you say, stick around. Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually say when you were saying what you're saying, that it keeps your client sticky. Yeah. Right. Because you're now creating a one-stop shop mm -hmm. in terms of all the equipment that you're providing. And if everything, if anything were to go bad, you're still going back to Barlow Worlds. So that is also part of, you know, that whole streamlining process that they are going through, you know, making sure that they're maintaining the revenues that they're getting and also potentially making more profits on that front. Let's now move to uh, Bitvest, possibly the most diversified company uh, on uh, the JSE. It is an industrial conglomerate. Let's talk about it. There's just so much to look at when you look at Bitvest, Sean. So I'm keen to get, uh, you know, your thoughts on the company. All right. So when I was looking at Bitvest, um, as you said, Bitvest really has a lot of things under their belt, right? But I wanted to really stick to the theme of, you know, the logistical side of things. Um, so that's why we went with that Zeta, Parler World, mm -hmm. and now Bitvest, mm -hmm. right? I think Bitvest is a shining light um, in this economic environment that we've been operating in, right? So if you're looking at... I think this year, year to date, the share price is up by 25%, plus minus 25%. And that is very interesting because if we look at the rest of the industries, right, um, they have had a tough year via inflation, um, interest rates, consumers not having a lot of cash on that side. And they've really, they've really just kept it steady going. And if you're looking at their earnings per share, that, that has actually increased by... 19% compounded in the last three years, meaning, you know, it really is a beautiful growth stock, in my opinion, that, you know, clients can actually dive into and potentially be safe. Nothing is really purely safe, but um, something that you can keep in your portfolio for the long run, regardless of what's happening, um, regardless of what's happening in the economy. And they're really doing, you know, they're really doing different things to mitigate the electricity crisis in South Africa. So once again, all these companies are trying to be uh, more efficient. They have a view that demand for different commodities, especially with Iran being weak, is going to be quite robust. So that also bodes well for, you know, uh, the activities at different ports in the country. What I also think is interesting about a bit there, Sean, is just uh, how uh, bold they are in making acquisitions. And what we actually have seen is them trying to slightly diversify outside of South Africa, uh, looking to Australia and other territories, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, hedge us against uh, risk, which uh, makes complete sense. Let's just talk about that, you know, uh, possibly many SA Inc. companies that uh, should possibly be looking outside of the country uh, to, to balance the scales, considering that South Africa's risk profile has changed uh, drastically. All right. So, I, in my opinion, looking at you know local companies that have tried to go overseas, they they a lot of them haven't actually succeeded. Mm -hmm. I think the environment that South Africa operates in is totally different to your developed countries. So we are operating in an environment that is, you know, categorized with low GDP, low employment, high interest rates. 
and this is historical despite what we're going through currently and you know companies have been geared in such a way to you know to ride the tides um from a south african perspective so it would be i think it is a great idea to you know try to diversify and hedge against you know your potential risks but you but is that at the risk of you know your operating models that have been really working? Because if you move overseas, naturally you would need to you know potentially change your operating model. You're potentially becoming, I'd like to call it for the lack of a better term, a startup again. You know, getting the lay of the land. So when it comes to the idea of diversifying overseas and the like, I tend to be on the fence. Um, are rather, I mean, even looking at Bidvis, rather diversify in terms of the product offering that you're having from a local perspective because you have historical context on, in how to operate in this environment. Very interesting perspective uh, you give us there, Sean. Let's talk about uh, rating these stocks. So if uh, a retail investor is at home and watching and has some money to spare uh, in this economic environment and they'd like to acquire some of these uh, stocks, in what order would you uh, buy them? So the order I'd buy them in would be Zeta. Mm -hmm. I think I'm really, really falling in love with that stock and what's happening over there, especially, you know, with the conversation that we had earlier about the used car market and the leasing model that they're having. So it's making, you know, transportation more accessible to the general public. And then I'd move towards um, the second one would be Bidvest. Mm -hmm. uh, for obvious reasons, it is a growth stock. It is It has been performing really well and something that I'll just have in my portfolio, mm -hmm. regardless of what's happening um, across, you know, across the economy. Mm -hmm. And as a bit of a punt, um, I would then take Barlow World. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have to you know, wait out and see how their, how their streamlining process is going to turn mm -hmm. out in the long term. But I, w I, would, I don't want to miss out on part of the action if they get it perfectly right. Oh, wonderful, uh, Sean. Let's talk now about uh, our term of the week. Uh, this week we are speaking uh, to our viewers about liquidity. Let's talk about that. All right. So liquidity is interesting. Because if we look at your stocks such as Zeta and Barlowald, right, you can see that Barlowald is at a second listing, right? Mm. So meaning that there are more shares to trade, meaning that for retail investors that are looking to consistently get in and out of positions, it is quite, it's, or at least let's call it easier, right, from a liquidity perspective. So liquidity really means um, the number of shares in market and the number of shares that are being traded on a daily basis. But when you're trading or investing in a stock such as Zeta, which is more of a, um, a small cap stock, you need to be aware that, you know, when you go in, especially with your larger positions or your larger exposure, that it can be slightly difficult to come out as as easily as you'd come out of a bid vest or for example. So you need to be strategic in how you are, you know, trading or investing in those stocks. Sean, I just staying with liquidity, you know, what drives liquidity? Is it news making? Is it reputation? Is it also cyclical? Uh, you know, what drives uh, the liquidity of a share? I think all three factors um, would drive liquidity and naturally also the number of shares that were listed um, at IPO, so when the company listed, because at the end of the day, there is, you know, there is a fixed number of shares that are available. And the way people trade them, uh, invest retail investors, institutional investors, uh, determined what is available on that 
you know, on that specific day and that specific moment. And then that really comes down to market sentiment and their view on, you know, the stocks or shares that are, they're trading at that point in time. Oswald, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon on uh, Stock Picks, and I hope we can catch up again soon. That was Sean Dendere from Tribe Investment South Africa with the Tuesday edition of Stock Picks. And that's where I leave things with you this afternoon. Tonight is back with you on the close at half past five tonight. But until then, stay tuned for lots more coming up right here on Business Day TV.